Leeds United podcast with me, Emma Jones, Matt Lewis, and with us once again is the legend that is Michael Bridges. You can't keep away, Michael. Can't keep away. You know, I've got the buzz back. I love it. I love anything to do with Leeds. (laughs) Ellen Road, you guys as well. I love chatting to you about football. Bring it on. Well, Michael, everyone was loving you last week, and I feel as though it's a key part of our chat whenever you join us on the podcast to find out what cuisine you've been having. So it was Monster Munch last week. What's been on the cards today? Well, do you know, I've been really healthy today. I'm doing a bit of a detox. I had some, uh, you'll be disappointed, I've had some um, broccoli greens with a bit of chilli and garlic. Ooh. So that's a good one. But I know tonight I'm going to watch another football match. So me and the kids are probably going to be having pies and peas or pies and mm. must, like sauce or something. So, you know, you've, Ooh, got to, yes. you've got to mix it and keep it real. So is that the balance? Yeah. The, the broccoli's in prep for the evening. I like that. Yes. Yes. That's good. Are you hoping, Michael, that like with the scampy crisps, that your children don't like the pies so you get more of them? I, I know they like the pies. They've had it before. Oh. So I, that's, I've got to make sure that they, they get what they need because if they don't, they'll be whinging all night and I can't have that. I want to concentrate on the football. <laughs> right, Matt, how are you? Anything happening in your world since last week? Uh, no, not particularly. I was uh, I was up in Toronto uh, over the weekend, which was fabulous. Um, Canada is always a, a, an amazing place that I, I thoroughly enjoy visiting. Lots of Leeds fans up there as well. There was a meet up there for the uh, Toronto Whites. I was hoping to get back for the launch. There's going to be a space launch going out of here from Florida this week, but it got scrubbed. So hopefully I'll be there on Saturday after the Brentford game. Three points and a rocket launch. <laughs> well, if you get a free weekend, feel free to give us an invite over, mate. I'll be there and I'll come and join you. We'll talk about Leeds and we'll have a kick around and we'll do some stuff in Florida. You will always be welcome at the pub with the Orlando Whites, Michael. Always. Don't. Deal. Uh, and Emma? Or is that just a single person's invite? Uh, you can come occasionally. Thank you. Michael's Thank you. always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Um, also, I'd like to point out that when I asked you what you've been up to, you said not a lot and then continued to tell us you'd had a weekend in Toronto as if that's not a lot. Oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, a fair one, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, hands up there. It was just a short trip, that was why. It was just a little two-day trip, but yeah, fair one. <laughs> right, well, lads, thank you both for joining us and thank you for joining us. We had so much love for that episode with Tyler Adams last week. You're all very big fans of him. Now, Pat isn't with us this week, obviously, but we have had a question in that caught our eye. This was sent in by Federico Pasta, who had his own, what's that, Pat? He asked... I want to know why Pluto was once considered a planet and now it's not. Why? So we put this to our in-house genius, Patrick Bamford, and here is his answer, lads. You ready for this? Oh, yes. Bring it on. Hi, guys. Um, Why is Pluto no longer considered a planet? Um, Not entirely sure. I I do know that planets have to be round or spherical. And orbit the sun, which is kind of what I thought Pluto did. So I actually thought it still was a planet. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to have a stab in the dark here and say because it's too small. <laughs> That's what he's going with, boys. Oh, wow. Would either of you like to elaborate further on Pat's answer? I'm going to go in first because you've gone from one really educated young man and Patty. Now you're going to come to me who didn't get many GCSEs. <laughs> so what I'm going to go for, I can't give you answers like he's just given about the orbit and the sun and the size of it and all the rest of it. I'm just going to say that my only thing to add to this would be that there's only one Pluto and that is the Walt Disney character. So they've realised that. Oh, let's just get rid of it and not call it a planet anymore. <laughs> 
There you go, Pat. That's the accurate answer. Yeah, he was so close as well. I thought he'd had it, but no. <laughs> Have you got anything further you'd like to contribute to? I thought Pat was onto something there because um, it was so small. They call it an exoplanet now. But actually, after hearing Michael's thing, I, I'm, t- I don't, I'm backing up the wrong tree there. You're absolutely right. Do you know what, Michael? We're going we're gonna to roll with yours, but I would like to give you what the internet says. And as we know, the internet is notoriously incorrect, okay? Come on. It says Pluto is, is now classified as a dwarf planet because while it is large enough to have become spherical, it's not big enough to exert its orbital dominance and clear the surrounding neighbourhood in its orbit. So Paddy mm. is very, very smart because he knew exactly what he was on about. He did. He yeah. actually did to a degree there, didn't he? Right. Well, just cut out my answer because so th- I'm going to look really, really stupid. <laughs> <in the morning. laughs> no. I think that's one of those dodgy Wikipedia edits that I think it's definitely yeah. the yeah. Disney man. <laughs> Get on there. Well, there you go, Federico Pasta. Pat might not have accurately answered it for you, but our very own Michael Bridges has. So there you go. Now then, boys, since we last saw each other, there's been two games, uh, the Brighton defeat and the feisty draw with Everton. Michael, just very briefly, thoughts on that Brighton game? Any positives that we can take from it? Well, it was always going to be tough. Let's not get, a, get, you know, get ahead of ourselves. It was going to be tough. I really um, like the manager. I think he's doing fantastic things there. You know, Graham Potter, he's, he, he, he's up there with, with the best. And why is he so likeable, Michael? I like his mannerisms. I like the way he talks. I like the way he conducts himself. He sticks by what he believes in as well. And he seems to, it doesn't matter what the turnover is there, he seems to get players to buy into to, to the, the system, even, even when they're, they're losing players um, and the quality that they have lost. He's definitely talked about because he's got the respect of other managers as well. And that's what I like. He, there's not a lot of animosity on the sideline from him, unlike the person we're going to talk about when we talk about the Everton <laughs> game. Um, and I just think he's a likeable character with the media, with the, the public, with the fans and the job that he's been doing. He, he consistently seems to, I, I don't want to say overachieve, I think that's doing him injustice, but he, I think he knows exactly what he's doing and he's very structured. And that for me was going to be a very, very tough game. However, you know, when you look at the, the possession, we dominated the possession. Didn't outdo Brighton on the shots tally, but I just think tactically we missed out. And I think Graham Potter got one over on, on, on us uh, in this match. And the, the positives to say, the possession, I think the way we try to dominate that and control the game, um, and we didn't hit the back of the net, which is the negatives. We've got to be clinical like we were against Chelsea. We were phenomenal. There's a lot to learn, but there was a lot, lot of negatives to take out of that as well. Do you find this season that because even when we're, we're sort of outplayed I mean we weren't played off the park but you know Brighton were I would say better than us Um, but even then because we're competitive because we're close there's really fine margins in these games and and there was that that Sinistera chance immediately before they scored which you know whether we buy into the XG or whatever was a 0.99 on the XG you know they're saying it should have been a goal Um, if that goes in the game could have been a completely different story, couldn't it? It's definitely a positive to take, isn't it? Fine margins. The go to the Chelsea game when Sterling mm. missed that chance in the first 30 seconds could have been a completely different yeah. game. And then you ride your luck and then you dominate and you go on to do a marvellous performance. That could have been the you know, that could have been the difference when Sinistera's chance early on. Uh, it all comes down to how clinical you are in the Premier League. That is the that is the the major difference between the top to the bottom. You'll get a lot more chances when you're playing lesser teams. Um, and the conversion rate is not not as high. When you're in the Premier League and you're playing Champions League and the international football, chances come few and far between against teams that are in and around it and you've got to be clinical and take them. Right, well, you mentioned Sinistera there, Matt. Of course, a great game for him last night. First Premier League start, first Premier League goal. Michael, how is he going to be feeling after that? 
He's got to be absolutely buzzing. I think we talked about him on a, a previous podcast. I said how good he had been in pre-season. Mm. And I was so looking forward to seeing him. Uh, me and Tony Dorego talked about the, the energy levels, the pace, the forward thinking of this guy. You know, he's so energetic, it's contagious. And to see him get injured, it was a very, very big setback. And like I think I said, Rodrigo capitalised on his opportunity. Um, and Sinistera got his chance in the EFL Cup. And I think we saw moments of brilliance in that game. Premier League um, start... And, you know, if you don't shoot, you don't score. I always used to think my dad would say one thing. If you don't go to a fair and you don't buy a ticket, how do you win a prize? It's the same in football. You don't shoot, you don't score. And and he did. And I don't think it got a deflection. I really think Pickford no. was blindsided by his own defender. And, you know, Sinistera's just gone for that little pocket in the bottom corner. And I thought it was a beautiful strike and totally caught everybody off guard. And it kind of kick-started that second half for me. And the belief came back into that Leeds United team. And he's the one that really started that off in the second half. Could this almost build his confidence to a point that we just see more and more and more of this from him now, do you think, Michael? Oh, I'd love to think so. You know, when you're a pressure footballer, you, you play on confidence. When, you, when your chips are down, I just love the way he's shown his bounce back from an injury. He's looking as fit as I saw him in pre-season and he's had a, you know, he's had a few weeks off injury. You'd think it, it would be a little bit of catch-up. He looks absolutely brilliant. So you're hoping that that kind of mentality, the buzz that he would have got from the crowd, scoring the goal on two back-to-back games, I think that's brilliant and it, it's got to continue because he was a shining light. He really was. Matt, what were your thoughts on that game? Um, well, just, just uh, on, on Sinistera, it's, it's been nice that, you know, he's kind of got that Rafinha flair. You know, there's a couple of nutmegs in there as well. Um, as well as the the, the long range effort, and uh, you know he's being billed particularly where he came from uh, in the Dutch league as being you know one of their best best players, far better than than that player that that team across the way have just spent a ton of money on. Um, so I think he could be he could end up being a being a big bargain for us. Um, but the game as a whole was ultimately just frustrating. It was a really frustrating uh, evening um, to watch. I can't even imagine what it was like to play in. I don't know if, if they're going to be. Burnley Mark II, I have no idea, but that was such a scrappy, niggly, lots of time-wasting, really petulant... Don't get me um, started on the time-wasting, Matt. I just felt personally that the referee could have done a lot more. I mean, it's not as if it's these these tactics are not things that we know happen. Uh, Everton in particular, um, Pickford, I think, is is a fantastic goalkeeper, but that that gamesmanship side of of what he does, referees need to be more aware of that because it's it's immensely frustrating. Um, and and it was difficult for Leeds, and they did lose their head in the first half. Um, you know, and we talked about fine margins a few moments ago. The way we play, the style we play, if you give away, and it was a gift, if you give away an early goal like that, and a team decides to just sit in and congests their area, congests the their half, and plays in that really quite um, cynical manner. It is. It can be very difficult for us to break to break that down, and and I could see the players losing their heads. And I thought Marsh, whatever he said to him at halftime, and credit to the players, whatever he said to him at halftime worked because they came out fresh, and and they got that goal, and that changed the the face of it. I still think we did enough to win it in the second half. It was a frustrating draw for me. We got sucked into their gamesmanship in the first half because yes. they completely disrupted us. And it was very hard to try and get down the middle. I think what Jesse would have said at halftime is get the ball out wide because Sinister is a little opportunity earlier uh, in the second half when it came glancing across goal. 
that was our only chance and then one shot on target. So the deliveries had to be better second half. The forward thinking and not to get sucked into that gamesmanship battle. You need to win the battle. And I think that's what we did a tremendously second half. Hmm. Um, aside from Sinistera and a few of the points that you made before, Matt, uh, before we look ahead to the Brentford game, any other positives that you take from last night's game? Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, I think that that is a game that we, that last season we lose, honestly. You know, it, it, it also had a feeling of those kind of, those championship games under Bielsa where we dominated and just couldn't quite find a way in. So having players that have a bit of magic in them to open up a game like that, and and if it had gone on a little bit longer, I think we would have won it. So that's a huge positive. Um, I think that it means it keeps us undefeated at home, which which is huge. And as Michael just said there, the fact that teams know that now coming to Ellen Road, that's kind of a style they've got to adopt because it's a terrifying, hostile place to come to. But honestly, I don't think anyone really played. Like I thought in the midfield, Adams was fantastic oh, again. Can I just say, Mike, you've just picked my man of the match. I thought yeah. after we interviewed him and spoke to him, I, were, I had friends over from Australia and they both just sat there and went to me, Tyler Adams, what a find. Some player, eh? Yeah. I thought Joffe, yeah. obviously, he sort of came on, then got hooked, but obviously we're, we're managing his time. He's not played a huge amount of football. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really have much of an issue with that, but he looked good. I mean, it was a little bit of rust to start with, but he was getting in the right spots. And eventually those chances that he, that were saved or whatever, they're going in, like because he's getting in the right places. Um, we also got Pat on for a couple of minutes as well, 20 minutes or so. So they're all positives moving forward. How good was Pat's hold-up play? He gave, yeah. us, he gave us a different dimension. I thought when he played with his back to goal, he held the ball up, he gave us an out, and that was so pleasing to see, knowing what's happened to Rodrigo. Dislocated shoulder, we don't know how long. Can they, was it popped back in on the field? I, I saw him on the, the green whistle. Um, obviously, he was in absolute agony. How mm. is it going to be a quick fix? We don't know. So that was a massive negative in the considering the form that he's been in front of goal. But to see Patty come back and hold the ball up and play with a little bit of freedom and get minutes under his belt, I thought that's brilliant leading into the Brentford game. Yeah, we're getting our players the game time. Sinistera again, you know, an hour. They're all going to be getting up to match fitness and sharpness and, and it just gives us so many options. I mean, even losing Rodrigo, which is a big one, uh, I won't deny that, but we're finding more options off, off the bench now, which is helpful. You know, when you're, you're playing a game and some players, you you have a little, you have a bad spell in a game. And I think you rented probably had a, you know, you got caught out for the goal and then there was a little bit more during the game where he was a little bit vulnerable. He's probably the only one where you go question mark. But what you don't question is the work rate and the determination and winning the ball. He's, you can lead it, let a few little passes go astray and things like that. And it was frustrating the crowd, but he still didn't down tools. He still didn't shirk his duties and he kept on going. A lot of players, when they're feeling it, and they're feeling it at home and you can hear a little bit of animosity towards your performance, they can go under. He showed true character and thought, you know what it is, stuff this, I know I'm having it, but I'm going to put my shift in for the team. And he did. And that's hard it, 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 with that crowd at Ellen Road. Um, you know, obviously they, they do get behind the players, as you'll know, Michael, but also yeah. if you make a mistake, I imagine you feel it. Oh, I can tell you, yeah, I've made a few mistakes in front of goal and I got absolutely destroyed. But when, this, when you score and you put it in the back of the net, you reap the rewards. <laughs> and ultimately, it was a point, and I know at some point we're going to stop doing this, but when you compare it to the start of last season, yes. you know, it, it's been a great start to the season. And similarly for this weekend's opponents, actually, Brentford, you know, they've had, I think they've had quite a few draws. I think that they beat Manchester United, didn't they? That was it. They beat them 4-0. Yes, they beat them 4-0. 4 
Neil. If there's any yes. Manchester United fans listening, <laughs> do you remember that? Um, so, not again, not a bad start to the season for Brentford. Michael, what kind of game are you expecting? I'm expecting, again, a very, very tactical game. Um, it's not going to be a game that we've just witnessed with Frank Lampard and Everton because they will not sit back. They will not defend deep. They're going to come. They're going to press high. We're going to do the same. It's going to be fast, frantic and furious. And obviously, the games over the years, I think, of um, since the championship as well, mm. I've always enjoyed watching these two games because mm. um, a certain a certain defender obviously left Leeds and went there. Pontus Janssen, so he's always got he's always up for that kind of um, battle. They won't have Christian Eriksen this time. Obviously, he's moved on. I think he was a very, very great signing for them. Yeah, it's a big loss, isn't it? It's a huge loss. That, that's their, I say their talisman, the man that can create and open doors for them. But again, Ivan Tony and Boomer up front, they're, they're very strong, powerful men. It's how we handle the front third. If we can be very, very defensively astute and not give the ball away in dangerous areas, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game. What are you expecting, Matt? I mean, I mean, yeah, I think I think he's absolutely right. It's a tough place to go. Um, I, I didn't. I, I when they when they announced the fixtures last season, I remember going, "Oh God, I hope we don't have to go to Brentford on the last day and need something." Um, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened, and yeah. we got it. Um, you know, we, we've talked um, ad nauseum about our our record in in London, and particularly with with a Brentford side that love when Leeds come to town. They love playing Leeds. You know, there's a there's a bit of needle there with the with the manager and the fans and. And, and stuff um, so they will be, they'll be well up for it but we're a different team even from then from that last game of the season that we got the three points so I'm actually it's again it's another game a bit like the Chelsea one where I don't know um, I think Michael summed up the shape of the game but um, who, who'll blink first I, I don't know. I think that there's absolutely no reason we can't go out there and beat them. Matt, do you see it being a high-scoring game, or do you think it's going to go? Do you think a goal can shift it either way? Well, I think it'll be. It could be high-scoring, but still, it, it'll be close. I don't. I don't expect a team to dominate. You know, we we even saw with Everton that when we're on the front foot, we we still are capable of of being played through at the back a little bit, which we have to tighten up a little bit. Um, and Brentford are very good at that. They've got some very pacey players. It's the up counter-attack front. that worries yeah. me. That's that's it. I think that's where Jesse and the lies when the fullbacks go to bomb on, whoever that's going to be. One has always got to just sit in with the two centre sure. halves just for that that um, counter attack. But we we've got goals in us, um, and I remember I remember you know particularly back end of last season we were saying where are the goals coming from? We we've got a shape, but we I don't see where we're scoring this season. It's the complete opposite. We've got goals in us, um, and I think that that midfield battle without Ericsson will still be tough, but I think we should still we should have the edge there. Um, we should be able to control it. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. Have you thought about coaching and management? <laughs> no. I, I, I just say words and hope that they come out in the right in the right <laughs> order. Um, and also, he's too busy looking after his gym, Michael. Have you heard this? No, no. Enlight, enlighten me. You know how most people get a gym membership? Yeah, me being one of them. So we asked Matt what he's been up to. He's bought a gym. Not got a gym membership, bought a gym. I just, I needed something to do. I've been, I've been <laughs> like bought a gym to around. put in your house or you've actually bought a gymnasium like as a... Yeah, my friend's a, a, a coach and so we've, uh, we've, we've, we've invested in a, a little gym, which again, you're more than welcome to use at any time, Michael, hop on over. Does that invite extend to me as well, Matt, Again, again, occasionally you can pop on down. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. How the other half live? I know, <laughs> I know, isn't it? Um, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Michael, are you going to join us again next week? I'd love to. Honestly, I'm free as a bird. I love chatting football. I love chatting to you guys. And um, as long as it's in the time of day where it's in between my lunch and my dinner, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, we will always make that happen. Well, also, we've got the same priorities here on the official Leeds United podcast, so we'll always make that 
happen, yeah. Michael. You must remind me next time, lads, to wear my cap, okay? Because you both got yours on and I didn't mm -hmm. get that memo today. I was so running let me late. I like, normally like to do me hair. I was running late. I've just dived in, so apologies. Bad hair day under there. Oh, you don't oh, yeah, want to see it, this, man. Get That's it back no on, Bridges. Get it back on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, I can only apologise. Something's you can't <laughs> Matt, Michael, thank you as always. And thank you ever so much for joining us as always on the official Leeds United podcast. If you are listening to us on your way down to Brentford, have a safe journey and try and bring back the three points, please. Uh, keep all your comments, questions and what's that, Pat? Coming in using the hashtag LUFCpod and we'll see you next week. Bye. We are so proud. They shouted.